1: The website is Let'sTruck.com. The show, well, it's all about the business of trucking. We take your calls and we answer your questions about everything related to trucking. Trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your own authority, financial planning, retirement accounts, really anything at all you want to talk about. We'll tackle here on the air. We're gonna to get to those calls in just a couple minutes. I do want to remind you again, <clears throat> the end of the year is coming fast. Let me give you a, a quick plan on what I think you should be doing right now that will make a huge difference for your business and for tax season this year. Tax season's always stressful especially if you're an owner operator, your taxes are changing constantly. It's tough to keep up with it. But right now is the time to get this under control. So what I want you to do is schedule a weekend, schedule a couple days, whatever works for you. And if you don't have your accounting currently up to date, that is job number one. Get your accounting up to date. And I know it's you don't like to do this. It's easy to put it off, but just get it done so that, you know, November is just about over. By the time you schedule this, you could sit down, get everything caught up till November. When December ends, you can, in a week or two, you'd have all the information to have your accounting done. Then all you need to do is, is get your, paperwork organized, wait for your tax documents to come in and you are ready to go. Don't put it off. Don't wait. Now, the other thing is, if you get the 11 months done right now, then you'll know, you'll have a good idea where you are tax wise. Now, you may not be able to figure it out, but if you give it to your accountant and say, here's what I made in the first 11 months, here's how much we've paid in tax so far. Should we make some estimates? How are we looking? Plus, it gives you an idea of where you are business-wise so you can make better decisions and start planning for next year. Now, if you don't know where to start, just call us. Really, we'll get you going. We have a startup program. We'll do the work for you. We'll show you how to do it. We'll walk you right through the whole process. If you want some help with this, just give us a call. It's 855-800-FUEL. 855-800-3835. Let's get to some phone calls. Let's head off to Texas. J.W., welcome to the program.
2: Hey, Kevin. J.W., Penny Stacker here, checking in from Texas. Uh, I've got an unusual, well, it's sort of a problem. Ever since uh, mid-America last year at the truck show in Louisville, I've been on a quest to buy a new truck, or even a glider. I'm considering both. And I'm working with a, a large Freightliner dealer in the Midwest uh, trying to buy a, uh, uh, a brand new Freightliner Evolution and put a uh, big cabin on it. And at the same time, I'm trying to get the same thing done with the glider so I could do a quick comparison to see which way I want to go. But the funny, oh, yeah, it's not even funny, it's, yeah. it's become hilarious. I can't get anybody to call me back. I, I have not got a hard number. I, I'm ready to write a check, put a down payment, whatever. I can't get any cooperation from either dealer, not just one, but from either dealer. I'm on my second salesman at one location. Uh, I, I'm clueless. I'm trying to figure out what am I doing wrong.
1: Probably nothing. I, I think what you're seeing is truck dealers are busy right now. Truck orders are up. And people are just lazy. I, I, I swear, I, I the more I see people and the more I have to deal with people, there are a lot of lazy people who do the bare minimum in their job just to get by every day. And when it's busy like this, instead of just really, you know, cranking out as much work as you can and as many orders as you can and just, you know, taking advantage of it, they just say, yeah, well, we're busy. I've got lots of orders this week. I don't need to call that guy back." Uh, it, it just it drives you know, me kind of crazy.
2: You know, you know that signature trailer. I was supposed to have a built date in October, and I haven't got a call back either on the on the them on the brand new trailer either. I I just I'm ready to just remodel what I got and just pile up the money. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm uh, I I bought many a truck in my lifetime. I've never in my life had this much trouble uh spending money. It, I don't understand
1: it. It, it. it's kind of crazy. I mean, really, you know, we're t- we're not talking about, you know, a $100 purchase or even a $5,000 purchase. We're talking about $140,000 probably and you can't get a call back.
2: I you know, I'm 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 flabbergasted. Uh I I I've, I've started calling uh corporate freight liner and and rattling their cage every chance i have a have a have, have time and it's like all i get is voice mail there but it's it's certainly going to be entertaining sooner or later
1: yeah uh wow um, i don't
2: know i'm 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 at my wits' end. i says uh, uh I, I bought many a truck just make a phone call and and talk to the salesman told him what i want and you know, boom. In a few days, the trucks, the trucker, right. show up. Right, go pick it up. <laughs> right. I, this, this is a, uh, this is a new one. I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, my last truck and get it just exactly the way I want it, so I don't have to, you know, take a brand new truck apart and, and, and yeah. make it the way I want it. So no, I agree. Uh, it's... And it's not that it's not that hard. I just, uh, I'm, I'm. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going crazy. I think,
1: you know, I, I agree. I know it's frustrating. We dealt with this, the, the, well, every time we try to do a signature project, truck, trailer, whatever the manufacturers are and the dealers are just hard to deal with. I don't know if they just have so much business that, that they don't care. I I don't know. We we've actually decided on our signature projects. I'm, I'm putting them on the back burner for a little while. They were taking way too much time and I'm just not seeing enough results. Too much work, too much time invested, um, and not enough results right now. So I, I love the concept. We love building trucks, improving things, and learning new stuff, but right now I, I'm running into some of those same headaches. Dealers are busy, everything's hard to find right now. So we're just uh we're kind of putting that on the back burner for a while. Let's go to uh, Ohio. Herschel, welcome to the program.
3: Hi, Kevin. How are you?
1: Doing good. What can I help you
3: with today? I just talked to your partner there, Lisa, and I had a question and she wasn't sure, but I think that I'm right. I'm going to go to your CMC this year. Okay. Coming up. I am in Ohio. That's where I live. My truck is only tagged for Ohio, West Virginia, simply because that's the only two states that I go to. I'm the container guy. Coming to the CMC, obviously, I need Indiana, Illinois, Missouri to get there. But can I do that just bobtail? I'm not under dispatch under the personal conveyance portion of the law and don't need to do anything?
1: Yes. You you can drive. Now, the the safest thing to do is make sure you cover up any placards, <laughs> any identifying, you know, marks that make it look like a commercial vehicle. And that's not absolutely necessary, but I would, just a nice precaution. And then once you do that, you can drive that vehicle anywhere you want.
3: Okay, so truck number, company name, if the sticker, all three.
1: I'd just cover them all, just to be on the safe side. Then you can say it's not a commercial vehicle in any sense of the the word. And once it those permits and and having that on your plate is in order to pull freight in those states. So exactly. Yeah. That if you're not pulling freight, you can drive that vehicle anywhere you want.
3: Okay. well, I have fiberglass hood and aluminum body, obviously, because they all do now. Got any bright idea what to cover it with that I don't leave a bunch of glue from tape on the body or any bright ideas.
1: Uh, no actually uh, you know the problem with the tape that doesn't leave residue is it won't hold up very well you know like painter's tape and that kind of stuff won't hold up very well and anything that will hold up does run the risk of leaving residue boy it seems so simple and I'm not coming up with any good ideas Um, well if you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
4: if you come up with one, put it out on the <laughs> okay. air because I'm sure I'll
1: hear it. <laughs> okay. Maybe somebody listening. Will have I a, I, I'm kind of brain dead. I mean, it seems like such a simple thing, but uh, I'm not coming up with anything right now. I'm kind of having a brain cramp. Maybe somebody will help us out with that one. I'm looking at the clock. The first segment is already done. We've got more coming up, so don't go away. Uh, Again, don't put off your accounting. I I can't stress this enough, how important this is and how much this can really change your business. If you don't know where to start, give us a call. 855-800-FUEL. 855-800-3835. We'll do it for you. We'll get you caught up. We'll either get you caught up, we'll show you how to do it, whatever works for you. Uh, I just got a message from uh, Steve, thanks Steve, on Facebook, Clear Gorilla Tape. That's an idea. If it's clear, though, does it cover up the stuff we want to cover? Oh, you could use it to tape something else over it, a piece of vinyl, something like that. Good idea. Thanks, Steve. We'll be right back. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. The website, Let'sTruck.com. We're going to get back uh, to the phones. Let's go to Canada. Nigel, welcome to the program.
5: Hello, uh, Kevin. Hey there. What's on your uh, mind Lisa, today? i should have to give you some uh, profit gauges figures. I'd like you to have a look and give me your opinion. Uh, and can you please tell me, how can I change it to give me my results in per mile
1: we a cents per kilometer uh, yeah because I was gonna say you're challenging me here you have yours set to kilometers which is fine um, it's a setting in uh, in your account settings you just go in and, and choose um, I'm not I'm not looking at it right in front of me right now but go to your account settings and you choose how you want things to display if you can't find it for some reason you know call the the uh, fuel number and we'll get you yeah. right to it. So I, I have to kind of adjust my thinking here because we're talking about kilometers now. So yeah.
5: Yeah. revenue yeah. So times the, the uh, cents per kilometer. I times it by one point six. One point
1: six. Got it. Okay. So we're probably looking at somewhere between a dollar fifty and a dollar sixty per mile in revenue. We're at uh-huh. ninety seven cents per kilometer. And let's just jump to the bottom line since I have to do some math here. So, uh, roughly half of 37, 18, 19. So we're probably somewhere in the low to mid 50 cent per mile net. So, uh, good numbers. Let's take a look at where the money's going. um, Fixed costs are pretty good, nothing too major there. And you've got a fairly new truck, right?
5: Uh, It's a 2010, yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, fixed costs aren't bad. Fuel cost, uh, again, low 50-cent range probably, which is good. Maintenance cost, uh, you're at about 13 or 14 cents a mile. You know, all these numbers are are right about where we expect them to be, a little above average. So, again, it's it's a little harder for me to get my head around it in kilometers. Yeah. But, um,
5: yeah, I think the numbers are looking good. Because, uh, the company I work for, everything you done in miles, fuel surcharge you've done in miles, pay you've done in miles. And it's just confusing me. <laughs>
1: yeah. So how do, how do you feel about the maintenance? To me, $0.14 cents seems high, but... I I had. I just think I have to get used to that number. The The 2010s are running about that, so that, that's about average. Does it feel like you're just doing yeah. pretty much routine stuff, yeah, so, nothing major?
5: Yeah. Last month was a little expensive because the tyres had to be done and it, the tires. The last month boosted it up a little bit.
1: Yeah, okay. But
5: uh, other than that, it would been nothing major.
1: Got it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is right about where we want it to be. It's a great base to work from, but the numbers look good.
5: Lovely. Thank you, Kevin. And it's in the account settings to change it into miles.
1: Yep. Yeah. Just go into the account settings. Like I said, I don't have it right in front of me, but you, you should find it pretty easy. And if not just call us and, and we'll get in there and we could do it for you if we need to. Let's uh, let's go to California. Michael, welcome to the program.
4: Hi, Kevin. Uh, I'm looking at uh, expanding my business. Uh, buy another truck, uh, lease it uh, with the company I work for. I have a connection with a broker who has uh, dedicated uh, uh, round uh, round trips out of California. Uh, he's paying about a dollar eighty a mile, depending on a fuel surcharge. And uh, I'm just uh, very leery about uh, uh, the driver. You know, that's my hard part. Finding a driver. Can you uh, give me some ideas how to find a driver?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I can. Um, so you're already leased to this company, right?
6: Yes, yes.
1: And you're adding a second truck because you that's been the plan all along to expand, or are you adding a truck because this broker says he has this freight?
4: Uh both i want i want to expand i paid off my truck uh at the at, at the beginning of this year so uh i can you know i can really afford to uh buy another one
1: okay so right now being leased to this carrier so when you say this load pays a dollar eighty a mile how is that to the truck and if so how much is the carrier getting out of that
4: uh Yes it's to the truck uh the the load pays around uh two thirty a mile, but to the truck it's around a dollar eighty
1: okay here's all right, so it got a couple thoughts here uh well, this is still brokered freight, so i don't just try to think of the best way maybe to handle this and i'm thinking that maybe you're just better off with your plan which is just add a truck lease to the carrier put a driver on it at a dollar now that dollar 80 is that going to be round trip
4: yes it's round trip yes
1: okay and give give me an and idea I, of I, what this a, a, what the I want a guy, I want a driver
4: like. from my uh, area so I can control the truck's maintenance.
1: Yeah. We're, give me an idea of what the schedule would be like on this run.
4: Uh, it's a three-day round trip, uh, and uh, when he gets back, uh, it's his choice if he wants to go back on the road or stay home for a couple of days. So basically, the driver can work as much as he wants.
1: Yeah, see, with a three-day round... And being able to say, well, I'm going to go right back out. I'm going to wait a day and go back out. I'm going to wait three days and go back out. With that kind of flexibility, you should have no trouble keeping a driver. I mean, really, if I had a run like that, and I did. I've I've had dedicated runs, so I know. Zero driver turnover. I I would be able to structure this so that, uh, you know, I I could get a good driver. I would take my time, and once I did – I shouldn't lose drivers very often with a run like this, uh, at a dollar 80 a mile, all miles, you should be able to afford to pay that driver 50 cents a mile plus and still make profit. And that's what I would do. I would pay the driver well, just so you don't have to deal with the headaches of replacing drivers. And there will still be profit there, uh, for you to run this truck and make some money. As far as finding the driver, you know, one of the things I would do, we are moving to, you know, more of the electronic uh, job boards, Monster, uh, places like that. So I would certainly do some research and and pick an online like Monster.com or something along those lines. And I would post it. I would post it on Craigslist. A lot of people use Craigslist for jobs. And I would also run um, one print ad in a Sunday paper uh, with your nearest local major city, you know, something fairly close, but good size. I would run a Sunday ad and I wouldn't skimp on the ad. I I would, when I used to run ads, I used to spend, you know, you you might be able to get a basic ad for a hundred dollars. I would spend 400. I would use bold. I would use anything, you know, outlines, anything they would allow me to do to make that ad stand out. You know, it's, it's one time. Getting that driver is a pretty big thing, so I'll spend the extra money on the ad. But I would do all the electronic bulletin boards, Monster, places like that, uh, Craigslist, and I would hit a local Sunday paper.
4: Okay, thanks. Uh, One more question about the truck, uh, because it has to be California compliant. Uh, uh, I have a 2007 that I bought brand new and I installed a filter on it, and everything's fine. The oil analysis is uh, good, the fuel mileage. I'm I'm actually very happy with the choice because I I didn't want to buy a newer truck, so I kept my 07. Now, the question is, uh, should I buy another 07, uh, install a DPF, or should I I get like a 2011 with uh, diesel exhaust fluid?
1: Now, I I wouldn't go to 2011 for a couple reasons. One, you're going to spend a lot more money to get that truck, and we're still having a lot of problems with them. You can pick up 07s cheaper than ever because they're not California compliant. Um, what I would compare is I, I would be shopping for an 07 or an 08 and and it would just be a matter of cost. Can I find a good 07 cheaper and throw the filter on myself or do I get some good deals on an 08 and I'm done? But I, but I wouldn't buy anything newer than an 08 because you don't need to.
4: Okay. Uh, that, that's what I'm thinking. I just don't want to have the, the trouble with the DPF uh, connected to the ECM, uh, the sensors, I, the yeah. diesel exhaust fluid. It's just extra headache.
1: That well, I agree. And and since you've already done an 07 and it's worked well for you, that would be my first recommendation. I, I would look for a good 07. Do all your homework. Pull the ECM. Pull the rig dig report. All of those things. And then... Uh, go ahead and put the filter on it. It's worked once for you. And try it again. Let's uh, let's go to Georgia. Tony, welcome to the program.
7: Yes, how are you doing, Kevin?
1: Good. What can I help you with today?
7: Uh, well, I'm just curious. If you've got any listeners that uh, has a VIN number on a 379 Peterbilt with an N14 and an auto shift... <laughs> If anybody could possibly give me that, uh, I have got a 1991 Peterbilt that I retrofitted to an uh, N14 electronic engine, a 2000
1: model engine. Okay, hold, hold uh, that thought. I'm going to put you back on hold. I've got to get to a break. We'll come back, and we'll talk about that. Check out the website. It's Let'sTruck.com. We'll be right back. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. back i'm kevin rutherford the website is let's we're gonna get right back to the calls i was talking with tony in georgia tony you still with me yes sir i'm here all right so you've got uh, a 91 pete it's a 377 you said
7: no 379
1: 379 okay uh yes. you've put an electronic n14 and now you want to put an auto shift
7: Yes, sir. I'm I'm handicapped and I'm losing my knee, and I'm not a candidate for knee surgery, so I need to get rid of the clutch.
1: Got it. Okay. Uh, so you need yeah. a. <sighs> so yeah, I tried going
7: through Peterbilt. I talked to Edenton and all of them, and and I'm not getting anywhere. I bought a. Uh, I already have this transmission. I bought it. The shifter, everything. It's just I can't get a hold of the wiring that wires the transmission into the ECM. So and that's where the serial number would come in, where I could order the, the wire harness, you know, per serial number. But Peterbilt, without serial number, will not help me.
1: Right. And, and I know this has always been a huge issue for me with the way they do parts at truck dealers. So stupid. You can't order a part without a VIN number. It drives me nuts. Um, right. so, so do you know what year we can use? Any 379 with an N14 and an auto shift?
7: Anything up to, uh, I think it's around 2005. Okay. They're all the same. Uh, un- until, unless you go to an ultra shift, which is the newest one, then my understanding from Edenton that the new ultra shift, the computer language changes and it won't work. Well,
1: well now, to be correct, you actually need... It's somebody with an ultra shift, not an auto shift.
7: No, it's an auto shift. It's a generation two auto shift is what I need.
1: Well, I thought the gener- the auto shift is a three pedal, isn't it? The ultra well, there's shift. Two,
7: there's two stages of it. There's a three pedal and
1: a two pedal. Oh, see, I was always under the impression that the two pedal was called the ultra shift and the three pedal was called the auto shift.
7: According to what Eaton told me, I don't know because uh, i'm I'm learning this as I go. Uh, the three pedal, the only difference between a three pedal and a two pedal, the early two pedal is that it has a centrifugal clutch correct now the ultra shift, the ultra shift or or maybe I'm getting the terminology wrong, but the ultra shift. As an electronic clutch.
1: Now, let me explain how it works, because I think they may have explained it wrong. The auto shift is a three pedal. The ultra shift is a two pedal. The first version of the ultra shift used a centrifugal clutch. The newest version of the ultra shift uses the true electronic clutch. But it's the the ultra shift. You're, You're looking for the early generation ultra shift. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so we will certainly throw that out to our listeners. Uh, How do you want somebody to get a hold of you? Should they get a hold of us and then we'll pass it on to you? Uh,
7: It doesn't matter. I can give an email address or a phone number. I don't I'm not particular. I'm desperate.
1: Okay. yeah, let's go ahead and put out an email and a phone number so somebody can get a hold of you.
7: Okay, the email is is H U F F T N C nine one two at AOL dot com.
1: Okay, say it one more time.
7: All right it's, it's H U F F T N is in Nancy C nine one two at AOL dot com.
1: Okay, and a phone number. Uh
7: seven oh six two four eight Two, three, four, eight.
1: Excellent. All right. We'll throw it out there. Are you on uh, Facebook? No. Ah, okay. Uh, cause
7: unfortunately, that... what, we, what
6: we do, we're not allowed to do
7: any of that.
1: Huh. Interesting. Because that, that would be we, another...
7: We all things for, for the government that are unmentionable, and we're not Got unmentionable it. and we're not allowed to Got use it. Facebook or any of that stuff.
1: Okay. Well, we'll throw it out there, and uh, maybe we can get you some help with that. Let's go to Washington. Patrick, welcome to the program.
6: Yes, sir. I uh, just bought myself a new truck, and I got some really bad tires on it. Okay. And I was wondering, um, can I get a really low rolling resistance by sticking with duals? Because, you know, buying new rims for super singles would be
1: rather expensive um yeah well i'll give you a couple options one you might want to check the michelin advantage program and that's free to join the program because they're always running all kinds of specials you know they they had an offer going not long ago the rims were almost free by the time you did a trade-in on tires you know the rim cost was very minimal so you I, I would encourage you to check that because that's still your best option for get the getting the lowest rolling resistance uh is a Michelin wide single. But the you could go with a Michelin dual that only adds about ten points. You know, we can get down into the low nineties with a wide single and right around one hundred low one hundreds with duels, and that's about a tenth of a mile per gallon. So you know, not a huge difference. And, and if you're going to stick with the duels, the tire you want is the X Line Energy D. If you can, I, I, but I would check with Michelin and I would join the Advantage program either way. Even if you're going to buy duels, I would join the Advantage program because it's free and it's kind of a no brainer. There's a lot of good benefits. Um, okay. So if you're going to stick with the duels, it would be the X Line Energy D. If you're going to go with the wide singles, it would be the X1 line Energy D.
6: Okay. And then another thing, my scan gauge, um, when I do my fill ups, it's saying my average speed is in the 100 mile an hour zone.
1: So. Uh, the scan gauge, when you do your fill ups, the average, it, 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 explain to me what you mean. I'm not sure what we're talking about.
6: My average speed on on my scan gauge, um, like right now, if I look at my scan gauge and I I push the menu buttons, I'm on menu button. More, oh, you're,
1: oh, you oh, you mean up, if if oh okay, fill up. Go ahead.
6: And then uh, next, you know, you get your fuel cost, your rate, and your average speed. Um, the last few times, it's been at like a hundred and. Eight miles an hour, hundred seventeen miles an hour. That's bizarre. Right now that, it's at seventeen.
1: Which which have you? Which one did you set your protocol for? Uh, you know, when you go through your setup, both. you have you do have it both. Try picking one or the other. Try picking the one you have and see if that works that that setting is one of the settings that we've seen cause some weird problems like that it's better if you tell the program which protocol to use some trucks you can use both and there's no problems but sometimes when you choose the specific protocol that you have uh it will eliminate some of those weird little issues like that let's uh let's head off to south carolina mark welcome to the program
8: Hey, Kevin. It's uh, been a while to talk to you, uh, like, last week. Uh, um, first of all, is uh, I have a little problem with my Freightliner. Um, uh, I've been having a regen more than, like, three, four times a week. I was wondering, is that, like, maybe a DF filter problem, or is a DF of a machine part, or what What could be the problem?
1: Well, what there's lots of things that can cause this to start to happen. How often
8: do you idle? Uh, I actually don't. I don't even idle. I have that park uh, that park system in place uh, as an APU. So at end of the night or whatever, I mean, I just turn the truck off and I just run off my APU.
1: Okay, so it's not idle. The it sounds like the filter is starting to clog. So the way this works is there's a progression. The filter, when it gets a little clogged, can do a passive regeneration. Then after it does so many passive regenerations, it has to do an active regeneration because that's hotter and it burns out more. And then ultimately, you'll get to a point where even the active regenerations aren't enough and the filter needs to be cleaned. Yeah, it needs to be taken off and cleaned or taken off and replaced, swapped out. And and when it starts to regen more, it's because that filter is getting clogged sooner. Now, it could just be that you're getting towards the end of the life of the filter and it needs cleaned, but it can also be exacerbated by problems with the engine. So if we're developing too much soot or we get a little bit of fuel dilution or coolant or any of those things in the oil, all of those things are contaminants that will start to clog that filter even faster. So are, are you doing oil analysis?
8: Oh, well, actually, it's a brand new truck. Uh, it hasn't even got enough um, miles on it for me to do an oil sample yet.
1: Oh, well, then hold that thought because that changes everything. Stick around. I'm going to get to a break, and, and uh, we'll come back, and we'll talk about this. You're on the Road dog, Sirius XM 146. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're down to the final segment. I'm going to get right back to some phone calls. We're, uh, I'm going to go back to Mark in South Carolina. Mark, you still with me?
8: Yeah, I'm still here.
1: Okay. So what year is this truck? It it 2015? It's
8: 2015.
1: Okay. Is this a lease purchase?
8: Uh, yes, until at the end of the year, then be my truck.
1: Well, the answer is yes. It's a mm-hmm. lease purchase. Yes. Uh, I would run the other way. I, a truck like this, this will be your biggest nightmare. We haven't even got to the first oil change, and you have DPF problems already. I, I would be out of this truck so fast, everybody's head would spin.
4: <laughs>
8: All right. Yeah, and I had one more question. I was about to um, go ahead and order um, um, to start uh, driving your business, the um, – packet and everything. Okay. Um, I had to start as owner there Any way you can autograph that for me?
1: Absolutely. In fact, I'll put you back on hold so we can get the details on that order. And, uh, I will absolutely autograph that for you. I'd be honored. Let's, uh, you know, here, here's another, I know I'm going to go off on the lease purchase again, but Here's the the fleets know that these trucks are absolute nightmares. Here's a twenty fifteen. We haven't even got to the first oil change yet, and we've got signs of a DPF problem. I, I would be out of there so fast it isn't even funny. Let's uh let's go to Michigan. Chet, welcome to the program.
0: Yeah, hi, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. I have a couple of quick questions, I hope. Okay. Uh, I just put the wide singles on. I put uh put them on my tractor. I had them at 110 pounds uh, pressure in each one. It rolled like a dream. Just nine day difference from the other tires. And then I bought a trailer and I got the wide singles and I put everything at 120 and it rides like a warhorse. Um, and I'm just kind of wondering how much how much fuel mileage am I going to lose and how much. Uh, life am I going to lose if
6: I go back to 110? Does it
1: really make that big a difference? No, it really doesn't. At 110, you won't lose any life on the tire at all, really. It's so minimal, we couldn't even measure it. The fuel mileage is pretty minimal, too. So... Okay. you know yeah so I, I tell people all the time the more pressure the better the fuel economy but we need to balance that with just being reasonable obviously if we put too much pressure and the tires wear funny you got to back it off uh but if you put too much in and you don't like the ride back it off a little
0: all right okay well that's good to hear my other question i have is uh uh, I have been driving the truck for a couple of years, and every once in a while, it would do a funny idle when I'm at, like, you know, 800 RPM, just park overnight. It'll start to idle rough. Well, I had the injectors checked. Everything's good there. I put the fast fuel system on. I thought it had water, and I got that pretty well on it. And for quite a while, it's been running really good. The other day, uh, it started doing that at 800 RPMs, And uh, and I I actually started my microwave, and it smoothed right out. And then when the microwave went off, it started idling really rough again. I put the soup back in the microwave, started it up, and it smoothed right out. And as soon as I turned the microwave off, it started idling rough. So, obviously, it's in the electrical system, but I'm kind of wondering what your take on that is. And it doesn't do it all the time. It just once in a while Wow.
1: I have no idea. (laughs) Oh, my. That's not what I wanted to hear. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Um. Oh, wow. Uh, Microwave soup as a troubleshooting tool. That's a new one. I
2: thought you liked that one. (laughs) Yeah, wow.
1: What year and what engine? It's
2: a
0: 2000 Freightliner with the Detroit.
1: Okay, so here's the good news. I have no idea what's causing the problem. The good news (laughs) is, though, almost every single pre-emission Detroit I have ever owned has had idle issues just like that. They surge. Oh, okay. this, this is so common on a Series 60 that I, I've told people for years, if you don't notice any other problems, like it's surging at idle, but your fuel mileage is still good. Your oil samples still look good. I tell people, yep. just ignore it. I, now, one time I replaced an ECM for a different reason. I mean, the, the truck had been surging like that at idle literally all the time. Every time you idled it, it surged. And I replaced an ECM for something else. My surge went away, and about two years later, it came back again. and And I just ignored okay. it. But almost every Series sixty I've ever had does this occasionally.
0: Okay, well, that's good to know then. And then that yeah, that just takes a big uh, weight off my uh, shoulders there. And I guess I wanted to just make a comment too about uh, you know the first caller and talking about people not calling back. I am so sick and tired of poor customer service it just i could pull my hair out it drives me crazy and that was my comment so Uh, yeah Yeah, i
1: I agree (laughs) and you know it's it's interesting because uh you know clearly we're on both sides of that fence and most of the people that listen to our show are in business so you know it's a good lesson for us we know how frustrating it is as customers and clients so we work very very hard uh not to have that happen in our business. And I will tell you, it is a challenge. It's a huge challenge. Probably one of the most difficult things we do is to provide, hopefully, top-notch customer service every single time. And I know we fail. We absolutely fail. I, I try to make sure we don't fail very often. And if we do fail, I try to make sure we make it up. But I can tell you it is one of the most difficult things we do in business and it's getting harder and harder to find. I agree. I, I, I am always just overjoyed though. When I find those companies that are so responsive and have excellent customer service, I'd love that. Let's go to, uh, Illinois Edgar. Welcome to the program. Hello. Yeah. What can I help you with today?
9: Okay. Um, yeah. I have a question. Um, I actually, last night I went to go see my accountant. Um, and I told her, well, I set up my S corp and everything. And I was like, I'm, I'm setting myself a salary around 40,000, which is, you know, average what I did as a company driver. And then I told her that's for the rest of it. I wanted to take it in as a bonus. And then she started telling me, why would I want to do that? That that gets taxed at a higher bracket rate at 38%. And then I started, I'm um, I thought you said it was exempt from, like, Social Security or state tax or Did, some you, kind of a taxes. And she said it's, it's not exempt at all, that it gets taxed higher.
1: Do you have an, a C-Corp?
9: No, an S-Corp.
1: Well, maybe she's misunderstanding something. We're not talking about bonuses. Mm-hmm. We're, it, it, but bonuses would be taxed just like salary. I, I really don't know what she's talking about bonuses would be taxed just like salary we don't want to do bonuses we want to do what are called draws draws yeah okay let
9: me write that down but but here's the here um, here's
1: the here's the price yeah it's an owner draw but here's here's the thing um i'm not sure why she like she's just missing the boat on the whole s corp thing like she shouldn't even be bringing up bonuses she should just know that in an S-Corp, we take some as a salary and some as a draw. And this isn't like any secret or, uh, you know, this isn't any loophole. This, it's been like this forever. I mean, everybody who gets to a certain point does an S-Corp for this reason. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just a little confused as to why she's struggling with this.
9: Well, I did say the word bonus. Maybe she got confused.
1: Yeah, but even even then, if somebody let me if 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 an owner operator called me up and said, hey, you know, I I either want to do an S Corp or I've got an S Corp. And, you know, I heard this guy on the radio and he says, if I take this bonus, even if I use the wrong word, if somebody called me and said, I heard if I take this bonus, you know, I don't have to pay Social Security or Medicare or there's an advantage. Well, as soon as somebody would say that, I would know to just explain to them about the rules of an S-Corp. No, you don't call it a bonus. You call it a draw. Here's how it works. So I'm wondering why she just isn't explaining that.
9: Okay, so it is exempt from Medicare and Social Security?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's exempt from all of the payroll taxes. So when we pay somebody in payroll... You have to withhold Social Security, Medicare, workers' comp, um, state unemployment, federal unemployment. All of those things get taxed if it's payroll. But if it's a draw, the only thing you pay is income tax.
9: Only income tax.
1: Now, here's what I would Um, rather you do. I wouldn't even go back to her yet with this. I want you to just go make an appointment with another accountant, anybody. Just pick somebody. And, and walk in and ask the same questions. That way, you know, she's got what she's saying. I've got what I'm saying. Go to a third accountant and see what they say. That way, you'll feel better about it. Yeah. And, and okay. you might just want to All switch right. accountants anyway. Really. It, it, and I think once you see that, you know, she's really maybe not up on using S corps or for whatever reason, uh, but I, I would, uh, I would go get a third opinion on this so you feel confident. Well, there's the music. I'm going to get out of here. Thanks for joining me. Check out the website. It's Let'sTruck.com. If you need any help from us at all, by all means, give us a call. That's what we're here for. You can reach the Let's Truck team by calling 855-800-FUEL. 855 800 3835. Be safe, be profitable, do the hard work, and master the journey. Good night, everyone. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
0: for tuning in to the audio road if you have any questions give us a call at 855-800-FUEL that's 855-800-3835 check out the website at let and find us on facebook.com slash let's truck